Hey everybody, and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the power of three with your host, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair. He's off somewhere looking for that Triforce, Link! Are you going to say something, Link? Uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if I could even... <laughs> attempt to like follow that intro up so <laughs> and link is on brand because he's wearing a link shirt he's continuing ah. to stay on brand all right so we were supposed to have this on last episode we didn't have a last episode so we get to in reintroduce you link so link why don't you tell everybody who you are what you're doing for the for the team <laughs> what's up guys so my name is link of course as you know um, aside from being totally awesome, the best person yeah, yeah. ever, and amazing, um, I'm going to be running the PR for TX3. Um, so what that means is I'll be interacting with you guys on social media, on Discord, and wherever else we may be seen publicly. Indeed. Indeed. So speaking of our social medias, make sure to go to at TX3 Productions on Twitter. Or ThreadX3 Productions on YouTube and Facebook, or just add at gmail.com at the end of that, ThreadX3 Productions at gmail.com to give us a to drop us a line in the email. Alright. Going into our first segment, we have an incoming threat. Right, incoming threat is when we talk a little bit about what's coming out for the for the month of March. We always do this for the first episode of the month. So last 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 time I think we started with games. So this month we're going to start with some movies. So on the first was Greta, Greta, and I Link, you have like a short impression about that, don't you? Um, I do. So. My wife is really big into these kind of movies. Uh, personally, I'm not normally, um, mm -hmm. but I was feeling like it. So we woke up yesterday when it came out and went and saw it. And uh, it was pretty slow for the first yeah. hour and a half of its two-hour runtime. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say the ending was good. The last 30 minutes were stellar. But I wish the entire movie could have gripped me yeah. like the ending did. Yeah, just watching the trailer, I'd, I'd have to say that like it, it kind of shows, even just in the trailer. Um, Nate, is this one you're interested in? Uh, full transparency, I know nothing about this movie. Ah. Um, it, it's, it looks cool. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who is going to pay attention to the ancillary things, like the graphics for the poster or trailers or anything like that. I guess trailers not really ancillary, but I'm the type of person that even if I don't know anything about it, if the poster catches my eye, which is what they designed them to do, but right, that one in particular, I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. Like, it, it got me intrigued on it. I personally, yeah, I'm not really... This type of this type of movie does not intrigue me whatsoever, and what I've heard about it doesn't make me even more want to see it. So, uh, March eighth, we have Captain Marvel. Now, everybody, remember, you're a sexist if you don't go see it. Um, and the kid, uh, the main thing that stands out about the kid, if you've watched the trailer, um, the main thing that sticks out to me is Chris Pratt's dollar store beard. <laughs> 
Have you guys seen the trailer? I've seen parts of it, but I like that the the actor who is in Chronicle and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Valerian. I like that he's getting more stuff because I like him as an actor. Just in some of the movies he's in, I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But this also kind of looks like a <laughs> half-ass sequel to uh, Seven. No, not Seven Ways. Yeah, it kind of looks like, I mean, of course, because it's, you know, old Western, but it just, it kind of still kind of has that cinematography, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the thing is, is that I like Chris Pat as a character, and I like the idea of seeing him as an antagonist rather than a protagonist. That intrigues me, but looking at that beard... Like, it does not look good. I mean, it looks like every once in a while you'll catch Rick on The Walking Dead where it was, like, clearly a day that they put the prosthetic beard on him for some reason. And it's just, like, maybe they left a corner just slightly askew, even just by, you know, a millimeter, just slightly askew. And you're like, that's not real. You know, it was just so obvious. Um, so tell me your tell me your guys' hype level for Captain Marvel and the kid. Um, I'm getting more and more hyped for Captain Marvel the closer we get. Um, and that's, you a white male? A white male, yes. And that's probably a lot to do with the there's you know the the getting closer to it. There's a lot more speculation. Like I saw a mm-hmm. video from Screen Rant talking about how there's a theory that um, the events of Captain Marvel lead directly into the mission the their first mission together in guardians of the galaxy um and basically explaining that captain marvel might show why lee pace's ronin lee pace's character ronin in guardians of the galaxy started acting that way basically and they're saying that if it if that's true then it's one of the more like well done time <clears throat> time connection that they've done since this movie technically is a prequel set in the nineties. Right. Link. Um, I think with captain Marvel, it is probably the, honestly the most hyped I've been for a movie outside of the Avengers and the MCU for a while. Wow. Um, wow. only because I'm excited to see what the resolution for the Avengers issue is. Um, and I think this starts to get into it. Um, so I'm excited to see what will probably be the ending of Captain Marvel more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife, she, when we were High watching five. the, tra- my wife, when we were watching the trailer, she leaned over to me and she goes, uh, is Captain Marvel like, kind of like Captain America, but the female version? I was like, no, not really. No. Well, I was like, mm-hmm. if you look at it in the sense of their propping her up to be this titular character true okay yeah true and you look at captain america captain america's kind of been at the center of the avengers and everything else he's been the quote-unquote leader i was like if you look at it in that way yes but as far as characterization no yeah well put um i'm i'm a little i'm a little worried when it comes to captain america and i've kind of voiced this before just because like i hope they don't focus too much on captain marvel yeah Okay. What, what did I say? Captain America. <laughs> Whatever. Captain Marvel. Um, because I kind of voiced it before where I, I hope they don't focus too much on the feminism aspect. Because the most interesting feminine characters are the ones that 
either lean into their femininity or that the fact that they're a woman is secondary or even tertiary because like I would just watched a YouTube video today. Actually, I was talking about there's two writing styles of writing a woman. And the first one he came up with was actually Ripley from alien. And when Ripley was first wrote, all of the characters were wrote, wrote, I'm saying that written, right. written, written. Thank you. Were written without a gender. So Ripley's character wasn't meant to be a woman. It was just meant to be a character. And like, that's a really good way to write a character. Like it was an afterthought on the, Exactly, exactly. It was really just who, whoever during the, you know, uh, auditions, who was the best for that character. And that's a really good way to write. And then the other side of that spectrum is to lean into the femininity, you know, and I, like, I feel like those are those are two really good ways to do it. Either the fact that she's a woman doesn't matter because she's powerful and strong you know and it doesn't matter that she's a woman or it does matter that she's a woman and i think the 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 example they gave was like kill bill like they went the exact opposite way where it's like because she's a woman it's it's weird to see her in such a masculine type of role which was revenge but they kind of leaned into that they leaned into it in the right way and there is a very wrong way to lean into it I think the thing that's gotten, honestly, me the most excited about it is going to be the story. Now, all the trailers that have come out, apart from the recent ones, the when the first trailers were coming out, I was like, oh, like I'm going to see this movie regardless because it it's, it is supposed oh, yeah, to be course. a very significant point to the MCU. But watching it more and seeing these videos about theories, I'm like, oh, the mystery of this and what they're going to do fascinates me. Right. Like, you know, the whole thing about the fact that she's, you know, a human, like the idea of maybe Captain Marvel is the reason why there was this giant split in the Kree and maybe getting to know more about the Kree Mm -hmm. other than what we've seen as them just being the bad guys and agents of shield. And in the uh, guardians of the galaxy movies, that's what I think excites me the most. Yeah. And I mean, like to, to finish, to finish with the other side of my point was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worried about that, but I'm also worried, uh, about the prequel effect and that is obviously when you have like star wars the prequels you kind of know where it's going uh one of the worst one was the prequels to underworld because it's like there's this big climactic fight between two people that are in the first movie so it's like there are absolutely no stakes and it's like even when one gets stabbed or or gets thrown into a well or you know i can't remember but it's like it didn't matter to me it didn't feel like there was any stakes and i really hated that so that's that's kind of where where i'm also going is i'm worried that it might have the prequelitis in the fact that it's like well i already kind of know the general of where the mcu's has been so therefore what are the stakes oh no nick is gonna lose his eye like we already know that so when it happens you know, it's going to be like, oh, that's how it happened, rather than like this really big surprise that we're we're glad we finally got the backstory to. And so there's just it's just little things like that. Other than that, the only reason that these worries are even in the forefront is the fact that I just personally don't think it looks that great. I mean, it looks fine. It looks like another MCU. And 
even a bad MCU movie is still a good popcorn flick. You know, Dark World is a perfect example. I still liked it. You know, it's one of the least liked Marvel movies, but, you know, it's still good in my opinion. It's just not Marvel MCU good. And so that's when that's the kind of problem you run into when you have so many movies to to pull from. So Right. Well, I also think that Marvel has a a gigantic proven track record that I think if anyone could nail a prequel in a setting like this, I think it would I think it would be Marvel. Well, right. I mean, but yeah, you always have to worry about Hollywood taking over. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. Um so what about the kid? What's your hype level for that? Um I'll have to dig more into it. Um if you give me Vincent D'Onofrio and anything, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke, maybe not so much, but I, the moment I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in that trailer, I was like, all right, I'm in. I love, he's one of my favorite, like just actors that I don't watch a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it looks cool. I agree with you. That beard looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrible. But um, I've gotten in the past couple years, you know, since I've always been a student of film, basically, as long as I've been a kid, my parents have always tried to get me to watch Westerns and classic movies are like, if you love movies, watch these. And I never wanted to. Well, now that I'm older, like anytime I go to like an older person's house uh, for work, you know, because I'm a technician, mm-hmm. they're watching like classic Westerns and I'll catch myself just watching them. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten this recent fascination with Westerns. And so this, uh, it, it piques my interest. I'm going to have to like look into a little bit more to see how hype I am for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then link, what do you, what do you think about the kid? I can't say, <clears throat> excuse me. I can't say I'm overly hyped for, mm-hmm. for the movie itself. It's one that I'll probably see not in theaters would be my guess. Um, but yeah. it's one that I think my wife and I will sit down and enjoy. Um, she's a big Chris Pratt fan. I'm a pretty decent Ethan Hawke fan. And so I think the movie itself is going to be good, but not mm-hmm. one that it's like, oh my gosh, I have to go Friday because it comes out Friday. You know what I mean? Exactly. I feel the exact same way. Like, I really am interested in it. And I, in fact, loved Magnificent Seven. I thought it was a really good movie. And so this kind of, this kind of being in the same style other than you know western obviously (laughs) but this being in the same kind of style or whatever it's like yeah i'm really i'm really interested but yeah i have to agree like i am not seeing this on day one i might see this at the cheap theater if there's nothing else to do if i want a date night or something but yeah it's not it's not something i'm super excited for so um fun fact i had a friend who worked on the magnificence (laughs) the magnificent seven oh really Mm -hmm. he was a botanist for it he ran the like the the floral department and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. That yeah, was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Um, so March thirteenth, we have a Netflix movie, Triple Frontier. We got my man Ben. Why is it Bean? <laughs> I've Bean Affleck before. Mister Bean Affleck is is oh, is in this God, movie. That's funny. Okay, so Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, and more. Like, I didn't know their names, but, like, you got, like, the guy from Norcos and a couple other, like, kind of... Oh, Pedro Pascal? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, he's that so guy. good. You have the one guy from Predator, like, the main dad guy. You have him in there. And it's Netflix. Like, I am more and more 
getting impressed by what they're able to get. Pulling in Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac. And the fact that it actually just looks like a really good movie. I'm just continuously being impressed by where Netflix is going. You know, which is, we've, we've talked about it many times, so I don't want to be too much of a broken record, but we talked about it many times, but there's also, like, this disdain for, like, a lot of critics that, oh, it's just a Netflix movie or whatever. But it's like this, from everything I've seen, this could have gone out in the in the theater, but for one way or another, it's coming out on Netflix, and that just means, you know, we get to watch it in the comfort of our homes, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. With with the more I'm watching Umbrella Academy, the more mm. I am like just impressed and like intrigued with what Netflix is going to do. When I first saw this trailer, I didn't know it was a Netflix movie, right? Because like I had missed that first part, and then I watched it again. I was like, "Oh, this is a Netflix movie." I was like, "This looks fantastic." Mm. Also, again, same thing with Vincent D'Onofrio, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's oh my god! I can't wait for the Mandalorian. Anyway, go ahead. Oh my god! Um, so Link, I mean, what did you think? So. About? I'm going to be the uh, counterpoint here. Um, Uh-oh. I, I'm i convinced that Ben Affleck is like, uh, has been Affleck. Um, <gasps> I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. And mm-hmm. I see yeah, what you did there. Yeah, yes, it was, it was yes. clever. Um, yes. I think that he has gone down in his career significantly with regards to his actual acting. His roles he has chosen mm-hmm. have been pretty decent. I'll give him that. But it seems like, for me, every time I see Ben Affleck in a standalone franchise movie, it it goes downhill. That being said, I'm a huge sucker for any military type of movie or any like mm-hmm. special forces and stuff like that. Hoorah. It makes me feel like a badass sitting there just watching people like kick down doors and be like, you know, get your hands up. It's like, okay, all right, sorry, sir. Yeah, and uh, so I. My level of excitement is probably like a four just because mm-hmm. uh, it'll be one of those movies where the wife and I are sitting on the couch and we're like, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, this came out. Let's watch it. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not like hyped like day one with it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I am definitely, I'm definitely, definitely hyped for this just because, I mean, like I, I personally like Ben Affleck. I think, you know, out of, out of. Well, funnily enough, out of Batman vs. Superman, he was the best part. And then <laughs> Justice League, he wasn't. But that's because Justice League tried to pull an MCU. Tried to neuter him, basically. Yeah, they tried to they tried to make him a little bit more funny, and it just didn't fit. And everyone, everyone on the internet pointed that out. I mean, I watch a review, and, and I challenge you to find one that doesn't mention the fact that, why is he so funny in this one? You we'll know, see what's funny, Link. Go ahead. But I mean, it's just yeah. Me personally, I like I've liked him ever since. Like, oh, what was the what was the heist one that he? Oh, the town, the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he directed that one. Ever since then, like I've really liked where he was going as far as an actor and everything. And it's like, I mean, it just it sucks what happened to Batman, and I don't in any way, shape, or form blame him for it. I blame the misdirection that WB put it through because they were trying way too much to be like the MCU. And they, they, when you alter your course like that, like it's just, yeah, it's just, it kind of sucks. We'll see what's kind of funny 
link is I can kind of see where you're coming from because mm-hmm. um, I've kind of had a similar thought because after Batman versus Superman, his most recent films have been kind of interesting. Like he's been doing a lot more, but it doesn't seem like they're all been quality like that uh, one. He did like Midnight Run or something like that. Mm-hmm. I never watched it. The one where he was the accountant. Oh. I did watch that one. Oh. and That one was good. That was good. Um, but I see I see where you, where you're coming from. The last really, really, really fantastic thing that I saw of Ben Affleck was Gone Girl. That was the last one where I was like, this mm-hmm. is like... I agree with that. On another level. Yeah. So I can kind of see where you're coming from. Yeah. Alrighty, so we got March 15. We got Wonder Park, Captive State, and Us. Not to be confused with It. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a good try. Okay. It was a good trip. It was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> so Wonder Park, I mean, that one looks all right. My, like, I had this moment. We were in, what was the last thing we went and saw? Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. And this trailer came on, and my daughter was like, I want to go see it. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Like, to me, like, it looks like a fine kids movie, but... One to watch at home, not at the theater. Exactly. Like, if... <laughs> Like and then there's that other one where it's like ugly dolls or whatever. I don't know yeah. that one's coming out later, but it's like those yeah, exactly. Those two movies like were back to back and I'm just like, I they don't interest me. You know? It's like there's just like Pixar quality movies where it's like good for the whole family. And there's even kid movies like Despicable Me and, and Minions where like I'm I'm okay with it, but just this seems like just such a meh movie. That I just it doesn't interest me in any way, shape, or form. I mean, obviously, you guys. This movie seems like it's trying to find, or excuse me, follow the Shrek formula of let's get a lot of big actors and actresses, Mm. have them voice smaller parts, Mm -hmm. and make a movie that everybody in the family wants to see because X Y Z is in it, but also kids are just naturally attracted to it because of the the background and the theme and having your own theme park and things like that. So, I, I. yeah. I mean, I do have to admit, John Oliver as the porcupine or whatever, like, he has a couple of really good lines. And I love uh, Last Week Tonight. So, like, if, if I went and seen it, I guess that would be the reason. But even then, like, she's, she's, <laughs> this is terrible, but she's young enough where I can just, like, I can just say, oh, yeah, it's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till next year. Yeah, out of anyone, out of any of us, you're probably going to be the one to see it. Because I saw this when we went to go see Happy Death Day to You, and I was like, yeah. I mean, whatever. Like, it, yeah. it just didn't do anything for me. Exactly. I mean, like your mom when she's just, you know, having a bad day. <laughs> Throwing them wow. out. Throwing them up. Uh, Captive State. That one, that one looks interesting. That's the one that, like, has an interesting premise, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to go that far. But obviously, like, I want to say... It's years and years after an alien invasion, which is interesting because like the usually the movies deal with the alien invasion. So having a movie that's after it. And so, I mean, obviously there are a few that have the same premise or whatever, but this one does look pretty interesting and it would be one that I would see. But this is definitely another not on day one. This is the one with uh, Machine Gun Kelly in it, right? That was like their big draw. I remember. Oh, is it? It's know. John Goodman for sure. I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I, I remember yet. John Goodman, but I think one of the main actors is uh, is a African American guy. I, it kind of gives me vibes of Colony. Oh yeah, just I, in the I sense get a little of, bit of like District Nine. 
Yeah, maybe kind of a mixture because it looks like they're playing with the idea of it's not just an alien invasion, but it's an mm-hmm. alien invasion where you have part of humanity that's with the aliens, like saying, yeah, hey, let's okay, control yeah. everything. And then another part, it's like, hey, no. like Almost these are, like a political poll kind of right. thing. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> and it's from the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So, I mean, that kind of gives it more mm-hmm. credence to me. I didn't know that. Clear. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about us. Us. I mean, Jordan Peele going from laughing my ass off to such a profound movie as Get Out. Like, I have to admit, like, it was just like, that's kind of cool. But going on with this, like, horror theme or whatever, like, I'm interested. But it's also like we actually had a conversation on Discord about how, like, we can't or I can't see a lot of horror movies because of my wife. The only reason I was able to watch Overlord is because I was like, oh, yeah, it's Nazis. And I had this little smirk on. And the entire time she's like, why do you have a smirk on? I'm like, it's it's World War Two, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get her with that one? Huh? Did you get her with that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, no, and then, was, was she pissed at you after the Oh, no, 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 no. See, I mean, if anything, if I would have told her that there were like Nazi zombies in it, then she would have been like, I don't want to watch a scary movie. And it's like, I said it on Discord, this is more like uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, because like the horror aspect of it really doesn't come until like Act 3 or halfway through Act 2. So it's like up until that point, it's just a World War II movie that happens to have experiments in it. That's really all it is, you know, and I wouldn't even call them zombies, really. Right, and see, I've always put zombies and horror same. movies in a different category. Exactly, exactly. Because I've always been able, because I'm, I'm kind of the same as your wife in a sense, where I'm getting more in tune to them, but I don't like horror movies. I love zombie movies. Yes, absolutely. You see, know? and it's it, a zombie movie I feel like I could have gotten her to see, but at the same time, it's like I just I just wanted I just wanted to surprise her. Um, so, I mean, horror, um, so my point was, is that like I would like to see this movie, but there's a really good chance I might not be able to unless it finally comes out on either Hulu or uh, Netflix because, I mean, this is unfortunately one that I just can't convince my wife to go see. So with us, this you is mean one of the productions. Oh, shut up. Wait, how long <laughs> were you holding movie... on to that? Was it like the entire segment? <laughs> <laughs> it was in my back pocket. Just had to get it in there. This is a phenomenal, this is a phenomenal trailer. Yes, absolutely. Like, the way it's cut, the way the music is edited, oh my god, it's so good. When I saw this, I was like, because I liked Get Out. I didn't see Get Out when it first came out. We saw it later, but, you know, you know, it, uh, there's a, there's the kind of scared part of me that's like, you know, uh, but like, I, I'm invested in seeing this movie because the trailer sold me. I love the actors. I love uh, Lupita Nyago. is that how you say her name? Oh, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. And then the guy who plays Mbaku. Mbaku. I like both of them. I didn't even and... realize. You're totally right. That's Mbaku. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Mbaku. Um, but, uh, and I also like his characterization. Like, he kind of just seems like, you know, you're kind of average guy. It seems like he's not really hard. Because that part when he's like, if you want to get crazy, let's get crazy. And it's well, like and the whole part where he's off. like, no, that's not about drugs. That song's not about yeah. drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, Jordan Peele really is on an uptick because, yes. uh, I mean, think about this. He's doing the Twilight Zone now. Exactly. Which is and also kind like, of my point is that, like, he went from, you know, somebody I genuinely really laughed at or whatever to this. And it's like, I don't know, like, somehow he makes it work. Because, like, when Jim Carrey tried it with 23, it's just like, eh. 
Yeah. Um, Are you baby? With with this trailer, though, I guess my biggest concern, and and as you can start to see, I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to upcoming movies. My biggest concern is that we've seen as deep as the plot goes, and from there it's just filler with jump scares and mm-hmm. psychological warfare, That's a which good point. could be okay. But I I hope there is something we're not seeing in the trailer. You know what I mean? See, I mean, I disagree to an extent because even with Get Out, like you kind of saw the premise, but That's they true. never explained the mystery. Mm. Like they That's they true. don't have like in us. There's like there's no explanation for why there's a carbon copy of the family, right. but that looks more messed up. Yeah, That's fair. none yeah. whatsoever. So, and that's what I liked about Get Out because you you can kind of get the gist of it. But like, I, I'm not gonna say in Get Out the conclusion was like oh my god, but it was like oh. Oh, that was interesting. I, right, right. I, I didn't expect that. You know, it, it wasn't like in The Cure for Wellness, which is a trash movie, absolute trash movie, where you saw that coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, you were like, okay, now I'm even more creeped out. Mm-hmm. So, March 17, Leprechaun. St. Patrick's returns. Day, by the way. I don't even know if this is like going to like main theaters or whatever but i just happened to see this when i was looking through i was like really leprechaun returns okay on saint patrick's day by the way i i i never realized that until yeah, right. just now but <laughs> that's fun uh march 29 we got another live action um out of all the live actions this is the one i could give two craps for absolutely i um, do not care one way and i think part of it not the whole part but part of it does have to do with the fact that it looks like they've changed enough about it that it's just like it's really just its namesake it's not dumbo because like adding in the kids and then the and then the dad dynamic i feel like change it enough where it's going to be more about the kids with dumbo on the side and i could be reading into that wrong but that's just kind of how i'm reading it so it's like this really is like there's a movie called the little mermaid and it is not the Little Mermaid, but for some stupid reason, they were able to get that name and call it that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with Little Mermaid. And it like legitimately pisses me off that they were able to get away with that. You're not wrong, because if you think about it, out of all the classic Disney movies, Dumbo is probably one of the more, I don't want to say racially charged, but <laughs> but racially like there's like a lot of racial undertones in that movie, you know. You have like the crows and the yeah. the main ones, Jim. I mean, Crow, that was back. You know? when, that was back when uh, what was it? Song of the South. <laughs> that was yeah. back. That was back in that day. So it's like, yeah, trying to. So they kind of had. Like yeah, they had to change. They probably of had to course, change a yeah. lot about the story. But this is one of those that I don't. I'm not going to see it for one. Dumbo's not one of my favorite Disney movies. It's also super sad, and I really don't want to see that in a live-action mm-hmm. setting. But two, it's one of the shortest ones. I'm pretty sure it's only yeah. an hour long. Yeah. Like, it's like an hour 20, maybe. Yeah, I want to say it's one of those, like, 80-minute movies. Yeah, it's not so, long at all. I, I just love being on this podcast because I get to be the counterpoint to everything. Um, I actually <laughs> will see this movie, is my ex- expectation. Um if you would have told me a year ago or two years ago that, you know, Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, these are the names they're going to come out with for a Dumbo live action, that, that would have been, I, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> but sure enough, they're all in it. Um, I believe the movie is going to be decent, and that's for one reason only, and that's Tim Burton. Um, 
I think it's going to be one of those one of those movies Ugh. that you expect to be so terrible that it's good, and like, I I I honestly okay. think it's going to exceed expectations, and I hope you will join me in trying it and then seeing that you know, as always, I'm right. So I'm going to give you a little yeah, right. a little like tr- like information on Nick. Nick is the type of person who you making that statement the reason why i think it might be good is because it's because t- one word tim burton he hates mm. statements like that because <laughs> from because to him that can be seen as an excuse to where oh it might be a bad yeah. movie but but because it's tim burton you know it's going to be good so that's just a little fun you fact know about me so Nick. well i'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm, a book. <laughs> I'm a book yeah you're a fascinating read but no um I get what you're saying. Star studded cast like that does sound interesting. And that might be a reason why I would see it. But if you break down all of the Disney movies from the past and what it's going to be live action, like look at the ones like Aladdin, Lion King, all that good stuff. And don't, I don't say anything about the Lion King, Nick. I'm just, let me finish my point. Um, (laughs) Dumbo is out of all of those is one of, one of the ones on the bottom list that, that I would see. Now, the thing I will say to end my statement about Dumbo in terms of this movie, uh, if you want to pay the troll toll, you got to get in the boys' hole. <laughs> okay. All right. So then let's go ahead and move on to games for March. Um, this one's actually interesting. March 5th, we have Left Alive, which if you look at this and not immediately think of Metal Gear Solid, then you've obviously never played Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> The first part of this trailer, I was like, wow, this looks super anime, but Western anime. Yeah. And then I watched more and I'm like, oh, yep, I see it. And then you finish the trailer and it shows you the cover. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know Konami made a game for Square Enix. Like even the <laughs> box art looks like Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything about I mean, it looks Metal Gear Solid. This seems like a Kickstarter because somebody wanted to make an actual good like Metal Gear Solid. Not that, you know, the last Metal Gear wasn't good, but there was definitely some <clears throat> issues with it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it actually it looks pretty good. Um I don't know, I don't know, level of hype. Level high for it. For me, I'm not a big Metal Gear Solid guy, so, you know, it looks cool. This may be like a Gamefly or maybe if it ever came to a, like a discount with, mm-hmm. you know, PS Plus or something like that, I might check it out. But because I've never been a really big Metal Gear Solid fan, it, it, the gameplay looks cool, but it, there's nothing really about it that I'm like, oh, I have to play this, you know. Right, right. Link? I've, I've played the Metal Gear series, obviously. Um, I enjoyed my well, yeah, time. You're live and, and breathing, so I, right. I've enjoyed my time <laughs> in Phantom Pain, but mm-hmm. I'm not like a die-hard Metal Gear fan. Right, um, right. Mainly because stealth-based games and games that look like that kind of turned me off. Um, but I, I, after watching the trailer, I got to tell you, it looks like a game that if it, somebody brought it over and was like, Hey, do you want to play this game? I'll be like, yeah, let's play it. Or if somebody was like, Hey, give me a dollar, you know, like Redbox sends me one of those coupons to yeah. uh, get a free game for the night. That would be one I would get, but I don't think I would buy this full price for any reason. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like that is, that is the, that is the room right now. Cause I am exactly the same way I would be, I would put down a pizza dinner bet that within six months, this is going to be free to free to play on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. I'll put yep. it down. It's it's official, everybody. 
We're, uh, I'll, I'll buy you a, I'll buy you a nice, a nice pizza dinner if it doesn't <laughs> come out at least six months. That's what I'm saying. Like it, within six months, this is going to be free. Like I, I guarantee, I guarantee it. So just, that, now, that's just me because I mean I'm on your guys' side. I don't want to buy this. It looks interesting, and I'm like, God dang, these people clearly love Metal Gear Solid, and they've put a lot of like love and attention into that, but. You know, I I am sort of more of a diehard Metal Gear Solid before Peace Walk or not Peace uh, What was it? Phantom Pain. Mm-hmm. I'm a much more diehard than most, I guess, at least this room. But at the same time, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try let, it later, maybe. Let me ask you because I'm not because I'm not big into Metal Gear Solid. Is at least in the original ones, was it always espionage focused or did it ever give you a oh, reason yeah. to go live, go loud? Oh yeah. I'd say one, this two one, and three that's... were, were way, way more, uh, stealth based mm. in the sense that like the only time you really want went loud is if you got caught and you absolutely had to, or, um, boss fights. You know, I mm. feel like those were the only times, like most of the times uh, you're silently taking people out, whether it's, you know, grappling them or shooting them in the head or something like that. Like in, in most, in most cases, yeah, it was 100% espionage stealth. Now, one thing I will say, this, col- the collector's edition of Left Alive looks super oh, dope. It oh, looks gee. like that f- action figure is awesome. That steel book is absolutely incredible. And even oh, that I know art, how you love your steelbooks. I do. Lo- I, I have a whole bunch of them right over there. I love my steelbooks. But also, I also really enjoy a good art book. Yeah. Like a yeah. good hardcover. Like MW2's uh, Prestige Edition yeah. is one of my favorite uh, Call of Duty Collector's Editions because it has a really awesome like covered art book, hardcover art book and stuff like that. I just, I just enjoy. I like seeing the behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh, of kind of how that game was designed. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one coming out on March 5th is The Occupation, which is a narrative kind of walking simulator. This one looks interesting. I mean, nothing really stands out to me other than this might also be one that will be free down the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. Like walking simulators for me, I feel like there really has to be a really good hook and or really good reviews for it because... Uh, not that I don't play them because I definitely do play them, but there has to be a real reason for me to, this will definitely be a wait for a sale because I mean, it's already only going to be like maybe 20, $30. So I'd rather, I'd rather only spend like $10 and I think that'd be a perfect amount. The only thing that the only game that's really grabbed me in terms of a walking simulator for sure has gone home, which is a very stereotypical Mm. thing. And game I've wanted to play now. Did you wait for it to be free though? Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about yeah, the game until it was coming out on PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't really want to play that game on Steam either. But um, yeah. you know, I've wanted to play games like Eden, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. I want to play oh, that. That that is a good one. But I keep I forgetting that, to get it on sale. <laughs> I want to say I ended up getting it on sale, and it was just because it's like, oh, it looked good or whatever. And like I have, I do have to admit, out of walking simulators, I don't obviously I don't super love them, but that is one that I'm like, okay, I really liked it. It was a really good story. 
most of its storytelling was in the environment itself and the environments themselves were just really freaking good. And I mean, you with the PC would probably enjoy it even more because like it was almost photorealistic for me on the PlayStation and I don't even have a PlayStation Pro. So I can only imagine how photorealistic it would be if you had a really good PC. Hmm. So, yeah, next time, if you find it for like five, ten dollars, something like that, just scoop it up as quickly as possible and we'll do like a, a review on it or something because like yeah that that one's really good i really like the mechanics in it and everything so okay um march 8th now a lot of this is going to be a kingdom hearts kind of thing for me because a lot of people like devil may cry and so the fifth one's coming out and me i'm just like okay yeah that exists and and i will allow you um, i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna I'm let you finish but like god of war like when you have a when you have a game like god of war it's just like this is just like oh let me mash a button for five minutes and okay it's dead yeah so dmc again like something you'll know about me a lot of the japanese games that people love i never really got into you know final fantasy and things like that but Mm -hmm. um devil may cry i never really was into i picked up dmc when it was just like a, a, a cheap game at, at GameStop or something like that, or, you know, just to try it out. And I had fun with it. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I like the way this plays, but there's nothing about, five, like, I'm not invested in five like everyone else's, so there's nothing about it that I'm like, I have to buy this game. Yeah, and I feel like Devil May Cry is one of those games, and this this genuinely kind of makes me mad about the industry and everything. But Devil May Cry is one of those situations where it has pay-to-win mechanics in it, and it's a single-player game, and nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to be, you know, harking on that, because you can straight up buy orbs. Orbs is how you level stuff up. And, like, but people want it so bad that they're willing to look past that. You know, it's, I'll say it over and over again, Grand Theft Auto Online is egregious for how much pay-to-win mechanics it has on its online feature. And the fact that Red Dead Redemption is really freaking close behind, I'm just like, I don't like supporting stuff like that. And the fact that people are willing to look past it just because it happens to be the game that they want is kind of like, I don't get it personally. And, And it's just me, and I'm perfectly willing to admit that. But it's like... Like, I I just don't like it when, like, the same person, for instance, is complaining about microtransactions, complaining about, oh, I like egg packs, but loot boxes, yeah. But then here comes DMC, and they're, like, they're just, like, in a circle jerk with it. It's just, I I, I just don't like it. That's one thing that I I have liked about Red Dead is the, you know, the conversation about it. If you notice the Red Dead online, maybe it's just because it's still in the, it's beta quote unquote form but there's a lot but there's a lot no 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 no. what i'm saying is there's a lot of like there's not a lot of hot buzz for it like there was for grand theft auto 5 and i think people are paying attention to it like i remember when it first came out to everybody red dead online and people were like look at this this is insane and showed a picture of the same gun and the campaign was like three three hundred gold or whatever and then in multiplayer was three thousand gold yeah. And it was like, so, I mean, people are getting smarter, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Link, I haven't heard you talk for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, I guess this can give you my overall impression of DMC5 and what I think. I thought the music in the trailer was absolutely Woo-hoo! stunning. I thought the graphics in the little cutscenes that they showed in the trailer were mm-hmm. jaw dropping. To be honest with you, definitely. definitely um, definitely. 
And uh, as for the the game itself, I was kind of meh. I, I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I couldn't like as much as I wanted to. I tried to click the next video to show like uh, in depth behind the scenes DMC gameplay, and I was like, oh, I don't okay, yeah. I don't want to watch this. I I just don't care after watching that trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it, the one time you're not against us. God dang it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it is just one of those games where if you love it, you love it. It is your fucking jam, and you love it to the end of days. Just like Kingdom Hearts. Wow, that was very Southern of me. Just Kingdom, like King, Kingdom, 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 Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Apparently when I'm sick, <laughs> I go Southern. Once you go South, you, you never go north. need to wash your mouth. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, I got myself on that one. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, this just seems like one. If you love it, you love it, and it just nobody can tell you otherwise. But that's kind of my point about the microtransactions. Just nobody can tell you otherwise. So um, March 15, this is the big one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this in a little bit, hopefully. But uh, Division 2 comes out. I want some hype levels because like, I'll, I'll give my impressions uh, in a little bit. Link, go ahead. Um, so I'm sure we all played the Division One, right? And mm-hmm. we all played it uh, to a unhealthy amount of gameplay. I'm assuming, like uh, I'm talking me 60 less hours, than you guys, sixty hours and above. Um, yeah, me, yeah, me, yes, and you guys definitely. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, like f- just as just as uh, for instance, I actually didn't finish the game. I didn't ding to the level 30 until a year after it came out. <laughs> so I actually, and that was just cause I got through, I think I got through, I got through a good chunk of it. I want to say I got to level 20 something mm-hmm. and there just wasn't anybody to play it with me. So my motivation was very, very right. low and it wasn't because I didn't like the game. It was just that I would have liked it better with somebody. So um, I made a little list here, so I'm just going to run through Ooh. this um, in terms of gameplay graphics all that it's an upgrade it seems to the division one um it is and this is kind of my opinion not only on the trailer but also the beta i guess i should add that Mm -hmm. um it is a lot smoother uh gameplay wise hud wise stuff like that um my biggest issue i had with the division one i remember was I bought the season pass. I bought the $80, $90 version um, before right. the game came out. I played the game for the 60, 70 plus hours where I played, uh, played in the PVP, enjoyed the hell out of it. And for two weeks, it was basically my life. I would come home from work. I would um, turn on the Xbox. I would play that over and over again. Nice. Um, but then the content from that season pass didn't come out for i believe and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe it was something like six months after the initial release of the game was when the first patch of content Yeah, there was a couple of delays for sure so i guess i'm a little bit scared of that happening again but overall Mm -hmm. to to give you a hype level i've had this game pre-purchased for the last i think two weeks um and i am super super pumped up to actually just get in and dive in because my view on it was mm-hmm. i didn't get to just play just the season it. pass and that was my biggest knock 
But even if I go mm-hmm. in and I get to legit spend 40 to 60 hours playing with you guys, playing with the community on Discord, and just have right. like a kick-ass time, that's worth my, my $60, in my opinion. So yeah. I know I yeah. can get that out of it, and I'm hoping there's more. But in terms of hype level, like I'm overhyped. I've already bought it. I'm ready. Let's Woo-hoo! go. All right, Nate, did you want to go in? Yeah, so my division, just my division store, my, <laughs> I just jump right into it. Um, with me, with the division, I bought it day one on PC because yeah. I was playing, I was going to play with a couple buddies of mine and we played the first probably four hours or so and I think we did it that night. Well, also, if you remember, launch day for the division was terrible because oh, you had oh. like, no one was matchmaking. It was rough. Anyway, we played a good bit. And then I just stopped playing for a while. I just, for whatever reason. And then Me it too. was one of those that I picked up every now and then, you know, I would play. And then at one point, about two years ago, I was like, let me jump back. Let me just jump back into it. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me jump back into the division. And the time I spent there was uh, kind of, kind of a podcast game where I would go in, I would grind, I would matchmake a little bit, but I would mostly just grind out stuff, getting gear and things like that. And I, I had fun, fun doing that. Um, for Division 2, I think it's going to be a Kingdom Hearts experience for me, in a sense. And what I mean by that is I wasn't going to get Kingdom Hearts 3 at launch at all. But it wasn't until that week, talking to people, seeing more stuff about gameplay. Because I basically just I didn't really pay attention to the, the footage and stuff like that until a week before it came out. I was like, okay, now I'm hyping myself up for it. I'm going to buy it day one. Yeah. So the division two might be that experience for me. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to we'll have to see. But I mean, like like Link was saying, visually it looks stunning. It looks like a definite improvement. Um, and also to what you were saying, as far as um, you know, hopefully they don't do that again. They've seen what happened with Destiny one and Destiny two while they're developing this game. I don't think yes. that's going to happen. I think they are going to hit the ground running from what they learned with Division one and just keep on going up. Can, can I, now they still might have connection issues like like launch right. day but i don't think it's going to be as bad as division division one was legit terrible like we couldn't play for three hours at launch night right yeah um yeah i mean i i am definitely of the overhyped um as well i really liked the first one um i didn't get into like the in-game stuff right off the bat so when everybody was just absolutely hammering uh, the division one, like I wasn't there for that because I was still stuck on single player or not single player, but the campaign. And at the time I didn't have really anybody who was really into it. Like my buddy, Kevin, he was into it, but he wasn't like really into it. And so trying to convince him like, Hey, can we just, you know, you know, so going into this one, now that we have this community, now that we have like, a channel and we want to actually like make sure to get some content around. I'm actually like really excited. Like me and me and Nate are going to get it together and we're going to play hopefully like at least once a week. Am I right? Hopefully cross and finger. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say about the division one, and it's one of those that I have like buyer's remorse sometimes when I don't get, cause I've always been a, a video game collector's edition guy. When the collector's edition, ugh, when the collector's edition of this came out, and it was like, hey, get the division watch. I was like, I wanted it so bad, but I was oh, yeah. like, man, I really don't, I really don't know if I want to invest that 
And I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't because at launch I didn't love the game and that was kind of the zeitgeist was everyone's like it's good but I mean you know it's it's and it wasn't until about a year later when all of the you know they've kind of fixed and patched and and updated everything where everyone's like no this is a stellar game so yeah. um, the I, I, I'm not gonna get the collector's edition for Division Two just because of being an adult I I can't I don't have the money for it but also it's yeah. one of those that um, you know. <sighs> I'm just not going to. <laughs> can I can I add to your point? Um, one thing that yeah, really ahead. stood out for the Division One and even the D- Division Two beta for me was it to me they're doing betas and launches the way games are intended to, right? Because we always talk about this issue of oh content's not there, content will be filled in. They legit went back mm-hmm. and fixed the game, fixed the content that was already there, and then added more we had no clue about, as opposed to hey, here's an option in your menu that you can't access or the beta being overhyped loot that you're never going to get for 30 hours. You know what I mean? I, it felt like sure. a realistic yeah. demo experience to get you hyped for a game. So, Yeah, and I feel like the number one thing that kind of stands out is the fact that you can do in-game stuff. So, like, I was, I was talking to Nate before, uh, and I think coach as well. It's like what really stuck out to me when I was looking at the preview, they had a trailer for the beta. Like they are hyping this up to no belief. And I am just like, I am just blah, 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 blah. So, um, but what really stood out was the in game stuff. After you get done with like the main missions, you get automatically like leveled up to the top and then you get to try out the end game. That to me shows a lot of, confidence you have confidence that hey our end game is worth it because that's what a lot of people seem to harp on like oh it's a good game but then i have nothing to do whereas here they're like boom here's the end game here's what you're getting into you know and that to me shows confidence and it shows that they are trying to learn because they're getting out their their possibly worst part of their game and they're showing it to people and be like okay what do you think you know, what can we do different or something? And yeah, I just, I feel like it's a huge amount of confidence. Um, the dark zones is also a huge thing that I'm super excited for because in the vision one, you had one dark zone and if you weren't equipped well enough and you didn't do the grind well enough, you were pretty screwed. Now there are three dark zones. And if you go into a regular dark zone, it is kind of like in destiny where weapons are balanced so it's still challenging but it's not like somebody rolls down on you and absolutely more murders you and so i really like that but kind of like with the iron banner one of the dark zones per week rotate to be i can't remember what they called it but it's basically like an infected zone so it's like that's where the equipment manners and that really i am so hyped for that because the dark zone was a place that i could never go because it's like i would go in there and i would almost die immediately and so it was never a part of the game that i got to truly experience and so now having it so that i can because at least it's more level playing field that super super excites me yeah and one thing I liked about Division One, and which you know I like games as a service that do this. The Division One I could play completely by myself. It wasn't until probably midpoint to maybe it was probably between level fifteen and twenty, maybe where I needed to play with someone because I was just getting devoured just playing with randos. 
And I remember when me and you played a little bit, Nick, you were carrying me a lot. Like I would do a couple shots just to get some kind of health down and then you would just go and they were dead. So so that's another thing. Five or six ahead of you. So it'll be nice to actually start together. Like I'm going to have a character that's a solo character. I'll have a character that's just for like me, Nate and the, in the guys or whatever. And then maybe even another character for, you know, just for the hell of it. So that maybe I keep that character so that if a rando from our Discord wants to join in and be like, all right, what level are you? Okay, I can play with this one. Yes. I got, I hate, I hate when you guys do that to me. Just like <laughs> silence. It's so much fun, though. Um, one thing, oh one thing I will say, though, Go ahead. is to add on to your point about the Dark Zones, they are what really kept the game alive past you know mm-hmm, probably 30 mm-hmm. hours in so the fact that they recognized this saw this and didn't make the entire game dark zones necessarily but gave some um i guess w- what's the word i'm looking for some difference some uh um some something tangible um that made it a lot better uh was a good touch by them Now, now I got I got lost in that. I got lost in that. What what was that? <laughs> um, I was trying to say like it, yes, it, it, they I knew agree. that was a critical part of their game, and they made it yes. better. But I just Absolutely. really messed up at Absolutely. saying it. And I mean now that I is that is the one thing that does kind of give me hope because we've had Anthem now, we've had Division Two, you know. It, the games of service is becoming very toxic in a lot of people's eyes. And so seeing certain changes does kind of make me hopeful for the future. There's still a good chance that they will, you know, Activision it up or EA it up. But what they've been showing us is very promising. So we'll, we'll have to see March 15th. Um, So moving on to March 22nd, Sekiro shadows die twice which is pretty much uh, Samurai Dark Souls, but not Neo. <laughs> yeah, so this one in particular, I'm not a Dark Souls guy. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls never interested me. I don't like the absolute like painstaking gameplay. I never really have enjoyed that. This game in particular looks super cool. This looks yeah. like it might be one of those sale games where I'm not going to purchase it at 60 bucks day one, but it when I remember seeing it at E3, I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks really, really cool. And Neo didn't even fascinate me because for, I don't know, I guess I just didn't like the stylized look of it, but this mm. game reminds me of like classic samurai games. Like it's, yeah. it's not one for one, but the Afro samurai game. I used to oh, love that game. Now art style wise, it's more similar to Neo cause it's very artistic in a sense, but mm. this one just looks super cool. I actually think I like the look of this better than ghost of, Sh- ghost of Tsushima to be honest Ooh, in the uh, okay. like i'm gonna like the gameplay better of ghost of shishima ghost yeah, of right. shishima i can't pronounce it whatever but this yeah. looks super the, cool uh i had to be honest before we started planning this podcast and stuff i didn't know this game was coming out um and when i saw the yeah, video right. the thing that impressed me it the most was it was a lot of gameplay built into the uh, trailer mm-hmm. but the actual combat mechanics seemed pretty cool there was one scene in particular i remember where 
you're fighting what seems to be like a boss or something and you, he slides back throws dust which blinds the the boss and then he goes in slashes him and gets massive crit damage and stuff like that pocket yeah, sand it's really cool to pull off especially on a controller so i i have yeah. hopes for it in it, that sense yeah it's been said that um this one is a lot more skill based in the sense that um if you're stealthy for instance there's going to be a lot of areas that you can actually stealth and when you stealth kill it's a one-hit kill uh but there's also other parts where you know in a normal dark souls game what makes it hard is that you have to wait for your time to strike and you have to kind of chip away at their health but with this one it's specifically made in a sense that if you get the hit just right then you only have to do like two or three hits and boom they're dead right which is very samurai if you think about it except for definitely except for bosses like when i the gameplay trailer the gameplay like segment in particular i think it was like a 12 minute long video um the first part of it i was like oh this you know like this looks it doesn't look exactly dark souls but when he fights that general that first boss that you see i'm like oh no this is dark souls like (laughs) beating the hell out of him but the the maneuverability that you all had i was like oh okay like this is this is neat i like this Hmm. So, I mean, I'll have to agree. Yeah, I might not get it on day one. Um, I'm definitely one of those people who I have to basically choose one game. Like, what am I going to get? And Division 2 is definitely it for me. Um, And it kind of sounds like the same for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Then we don't usually do TB, but if there are some notable TB things, I want to kind of bring them up. Uh, March 7th is The Order. And the one, the thing that stuck out to me the most is that this looks like such a CW move or such a CW series. I mean, it looks almost exactly like some. You know, oh, there's like werewolves and vampires, and you're in high school and angsty and blah, 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 and like I'm just like, oh my god, not interested at all. But it just it just stuck out because it was like, oh my god, this is so, this is so tweeny, so tweeny. Hey, what's funny is like. Netflix is getting away from the A. It's a Netflix show. It's a Netflix movie. But CW for the past several years has been, oh, this is a CW show. CW, CW, you know. And Mm. like there's outliers like like Riverdale I really enjoy. Like actually was genuinely surprised by Riverdale. And then I've said this before, but Legends of Tomorrow is like fantastic TV. Like it plays around with the like DC stuff a lot more than um, Flash and Arrow. Arrow, Arrow started out fantastic, and then I think at seasons going forward, going forward, going forward, it was just kind of like, okay, this is kind of getting more okay, okay. And the Flash is kind of the same way as well, but uh, Legends of Tomorrow has continued to surprise me as far as they're adapting, they're changing things. The show yeah. seems like it's actually getting better the longer it goes, longer it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so March 8th. March 8th, uh, we have an Amazon original, which is Costume Quest. This one actually very much surprised me because I was like, oh, they're making a show about this? That's kind of cool. I really like the games. Have you guys played the games? On 360 a long time ago, but it's never been a, a yeah. big I sticking point with me. Yeah. I have not. You have not? It's really good. Uh, one thing I don't like about like turn-based um, RPGs is when you just kick... You, you hit the attack button, 
and then you wait and they do the attack animation and then you hit attack again like you know like i don't like that type of team turn base what this does is it kind of adds a little layer to it because um if you hit a button at the right time kind of like in final fantasy 8 with the gun blade if you hit it at the right time you get like bonus damage and so instead of just sitting around waiting for the person to do the animation it felt a lot more inclusive as far as you're not just waiting around and so i i liked it a lot better and then costume quest 2 kind of made it even better in my opinion and the other thing i really liked about it is that depending on what costume you wear you got different um abilities so it was kind of metroid or what's it called castle metroidvania metroidvania yeah metroidvania in the sense that you could get a you could get a costume and it's like oh now i can go back to this one thing and use my ability to get around and so i kind of like that about it um plus i'm definitely a component of what's it called when you can see the monster rather than like random battles what's that called uh you are you talking about procedural generation no 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 um what i mean is like you can see the monster and you can run up to the monster in order to go into the battle rather than you're just walking in some grass and you randomly get a attack oh uh, that's random encounters oh okay so yeah i don't like random encounters um i like being able to see the things because then you can decide do i want to avoid them you know most of the time i like getting into the fight anyways so it's not about avoiding it it's just about knowing when it's coming and it's like i don't like like there's there's been like so many final fantasies where i'm literally just running in a circle because i want to get attacked because i want to level up and it's just it's nice when you can see them and it's like all right there it is over there oh he's covering up a chest so something good must be in there i really like that so that's been me uh, with fa- pokemon games like classic pokemon oh, right? games. Yeah. i hated random encounters because i would bat walking in a tunnel it's like oh you're getting attacked by vulpix i'm like no i don't it's like stop like let me just walk i just i'm trying to get somewhere uh, but anyway, so that's the game. The um, animation style for the series itself actually looks kind of cute, and it definitely fits the um, aesthetic of the of the uh, game. So I'm I'm kind of interested. You know, I'm I'm at least gonna check it out. I mean, I don't know if it'll be something I get into, but I'm definitely gonna check it out for sure. So for me, I'm sold on this immediately simply because it's a cartoon hangover show. Oh yeah, you, you know, and the style looks very similar to you know their their stuff. You know, uh, being Puppy Cat and uh, like Adventure Time and things like that. It looks similar to that, but it looks different enough. But like just from just from like gliding through the trailer, I mean, I it seems like it seems like this is the best like visual form as far as a show for the game. I mean, it you can tell that it's playing around with the mechanics of the game a lot. It, it looks like it's going to be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, so the, what's up guys? It's link again. The guy paid to uh disagree. <laughs> um, I, uh, I could not care about this show. I tried and I tried and yeah. I know it'll probably upset some people, but I just couldn't help but feel like it was going to be a show that, goes and doesn't succeed where it's trying to succeed the most and gets nothing else done. Like I, I did not find it to be attractive. 
to where I wanted to mark on my calendar. Okay, March eighth, gotta gotta see that. Can't wait till till it, I believe it's on Amazon, right? I can't wait till it mm-hmm. uploads to Prime. But yeah, um, Amazon. That that's just me, and I may be wrong in that ex- aspect. Yeah. I've only seen the one trailer. I haven't done any research outside of that, um, and that's kind of just my side. And once again, I never played the game as well. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have that attachment, so that that's the one of the main driving... Like, if I would have just seen this, I would have been like, huh, that looks cute. You know, so I, I could sort of see where you're coming from. All right, so then we have also on the 8th uh, Afterlife with Ricky Jarvez. Uh, this actually looks kind of cool, because it's one of those where it's like you have a, a comedy actor, but he's getting a little bit more serious, but he's still staying true to who he is where he's very crass and he's very you know he's very in your face or whatever but like it gives him a good reason as to why he's crass and so i'm like uh interesting uh what did you guys think go ahead link um i love ricky gervais oh yes. i love the office i love almost everything he has done um unfortunately this did not strike me as something he would do well. <laughs> you I'm would. still going to watch it because it's on Netflix. I feel, it's free. <laughs> I I feel like I owe him that. You know what I mean? Right. It's uh-huh. kind of one of those actors where, kind of like uh, Nate was saying earlier, he can do no wrong in my book. Th- that's what Ricky Gervais is to me. But I really feel if he is going to let me down, it would be here when he tries <laughs> to go to this more serious real life kind of role Mm. if that makes sense no that makes sense um i just like i just like that they're trying to give him a reason to be a dick rather than him just being a dick because he's a comedian you know that's kind of where i was going and the fact that you know that it has to deal with afterlife obviously so like i i kind of like the direction they're going and um dramedies the problem can sometimes be the mix between drama and comedy uh, sometimes it's way too dramatic. Sometimes it's not funny enough. Sometimes they don't let the the emotion sit in long enough before it's like, oh, well, it's a dramedy, so we need to make a joke. Uh, and I feel like Ricky Gervais can be one of those people who really can ride that line and make it good. So that that's me, obviously. To me, this looks like a more serious version of his movie, The Invention of Lying, okay. back in 2009. Because it seems like, just from glancing you, at you it... You do know that he's in a movie with ghosts, right? <laughs> right, no, but I mean, if you... If <laughs> I'm, you, just, well, I'm like, just saying, out of all the ones to choose, you choose that one rather than one no, that actually has No, if you, if you read that. the synopsis, it says, <laughs> after Afterlife is a story of Tony who had an all-too-perfect life, but after his wife, Lisa, suddenly dies, Tony changes. He decides, instead of... Uh, to live long enough to punish the world by saying and doing whatever he likes from now on. He thinks it's like a superpower. So uh, that kind of reminds me of the invention of lying where he wakes up and everyone believes what he's saying, even though it's a lie. Right. You know, yeah. so this seems like it's going to be a more like serious version of that, but still in that dramedy element. But I'm kind of the same with Link. Like I love Ricky Gervais. Like the the office, I never really got into, um, but everything that he's done, I always enjoy. So it's one of those that, he is a dick, but My it's heart. Wor- <laughs> he, he, he is a dick, but I 
enjoy it. Like it's a, he's a funny dick, I guess. I don't know <laughs> you know, he's a funny, he's a funny looking dick. No, um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm with Link. Anything with Ricky Gervais, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. Well, I like it because it looks good, you jerks. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say, though, at least for me, the uh, like epitome of a good dramedy is a show like Shameless, mm-hmm. where it still is probably 75, 80% drama, and then it has spots of comedic relief. Right, right. Um, and so if they can pull that off rather than trying to make it a comedy that has drama, I, I think that will probably be the best fit for Ricky in this yeah that makes sense that makes sense i can agree with that um so then march 15th uh this is i don't know if this is technically a movie but i put it under tv because it's an anthology so you know sue me uh love death and robots which to me just immediately made me go okay this is animatrix 2 um advisory warning if you are epileptic at all don't watch this trailer no i was I'm not epileptic, but I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like, this is sensory overload for me. This trailer, I don't know what the hell it is whatsoever. Whatsoever. I I am thoroughly confused. I mean, I get that. I feel like that statement, Animatrix 2, I feel like that's apt. Because yes. yeah. that's the only thing that I can maybe pinpoint, oh, this is similar to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the thing I remember about the first half of the trailer is, um, not one scene lasted for more than half a second. True. And it switched to another scene that had nothing to do with the previous scene. It wasn't even the same art style and would like flash. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I do find myself curious about it for that though. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not necessarily because of the plot or whatever. Cause to be honest with you, I have no clue what it is. <laughs> another one that I didn't really do a whole lot of research with. Right. But I'm curious to see it to see if it's one of those hidden gems that you would otherwise miss. Yeah, I mean, it just it it looks interesting. Other, but you know, other than the interesting art styles and the flashes, like yeah, there's not really that much to go on. Um, there are people out there that are probably you know fans of the original work or the or you know, but I just like okay, yeah, sure. Cool, cool. This looks cool. It's on Netflix, so I almost always give anything on Netflix a try. So, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Uh, March 18th, like, Nate, you can join me in on this, okay? But 911 is finally returning. Seriously, what the f? Like, yes. they, had, they had a freaking uh, Christmas special. Christmas special, and it was way before Christmas. And then they've been mm. missing, like, I keep checking to, like, make sure, like, because Hulu every once in a while does that thing where it's, like, it tries to make you, like, start the series over or something like that. So I keep checking over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, is it out? No? What the heck? Like, week after week, and finally I just gave up. Like, was that the end of the season? And no, apparently it wasn't. Either that or they have very short breaks between their seasons. But, yeah, finally. 911 is finally coming back. I think this had a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, production oh, yeah? situation where in the sense of agents of shield does like half series breaks too so they'll half season uh, breaks so like they'll in like the more recent ones they'll have a couple different storylines in the first like out of the 22 or 23 episodes the first 10 or so mm-hmm. they'll finish that and then they'll have to take a break and i think that's just because of production schedule well yeah correct so, me if i'm like, wrong though like walking dead was the one that really popularized that but i feel right. like 
it was like a month or two because they usually always came back in February. So them adding on like another month and not returning until, well, cause I mean, think about it, December, um, January, or it was, it was like in between December. So it was like January, February, March. It's almost exactly three months. So it's like that extra month or whatever just feels like way too freaking long to have a mid season break. Well, both with agents of shield and nine one one act surprisingly, those are more VFX heavy. Uh, Walking Dead, I mean, never really. I don't. I don't ever think Walking Dead really had a lot of VFX work to it. It was most prosthetic and most like kind of actually less stuff. But like nine one one in particular, their second season was a lot more not CGI, mm-hmm. but like the stakes were complete. Like when you start the season with an earthquake, a giant right. earthquake. I mean, mm-hmm. that they were raising raising the stakes as far as production goes. So I could see why they're why they did a break, but I'm with you. They didn't give an explanation of, Hey, they were taking a break. Yeah. So when it just happened, it was like, well, what? first, first question, because I haven't talked to you guys about this at all. Uh, two words or less favorite character. Go Joe mama. Mm. I like the fire chief. Oh, God. Oh man. Cause he has the, he has the most tragic backstory. Who is it? To the fire, fire chief fire captain, chief. fire chief. Yeah, yeah, he has the most tragic backstory, and like he has like a reason for actually wanting to be a. Well, I mean, everybody has a reason, but his reason for wanting to be a fire chief is just like so poignant that it's. Like, I didn't God, expect dang. that at all, by the way, when I was watching. Right, like yeah. you knew that he had something to do with his death because of the way his character is, but then when they finally reveal what happened, I'm like, oh damn! damn. I can't give you. I can't give you. I unfortunately can't give you. He's going to choose two because going to choose two. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to choose three. I can't oh give you a God. simple answer because the thing the thing about this show that I love in particular is that as as the show goes on, I'm being more and more invested in different characters. Like you know, right. I, I didn't like Buck at first. Later on, towards the end of season one and, and into season two, I was like, I love Buck, but I also really I've, I, I guess Chim. Chim has probably been my favorite character Chim, from Chim, the start. Chim, Chim, yep. Chim, Chim, but Chim, even Chim. Um, what's what's the new guy's name? Oh, the guy with the son who's yes on the spectrum. I think. Um, uh, what is his name? I can't remember. It's Ed something. Anyway, he's becoming my new favorite character because his storyline, kind of similar to you guys with the chief, I love his storyline. His storyline's really tragic. Not as tragic as Chiefs, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, he he I, like I tear up. Almost every single time, the whole situation with his son is is on the screen. Well, I guess my point with bringing that up was I'm excited for the new season because they started doing something in season two um, with uh, the example being Hen. Um, I'd never really thought of her as like a character that's like, wow, this is a really relatable character or whatever. Then they did that whole episode on her entire background and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, I cared about her. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and a good if point. That's something a really good were to point. happen to him, I would be upset about it. Um, I'm excited for them to start diving deeper into Chim or into obviously they did they did the chief already, but um, into Buck and things like that of like you know five ten years before where we are now. And right, I think right. that's something they did super super well, and I really hope they go forward with. 
I definitely think they're taking cues from the walking dead in that sense, because, um, I, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying in season two, they've done a lot more character focused episodes, which is something I liked for the most part in the walking dead. And then they just transferred that into filler episodes, but all of the ones on here don't feel like filler episodes. Like hens, when it started, I was a little bored, but by the conclusion of it, I was like, Oh, like I feel for this character now, you know, I'm, I really want to see, also, just to give a shout out to Angela Bassett, I mean, she can't do any wrong. She's yeah. incredible. Yeah, she really is. Um, another thing with the whole hen episode, not to give spoilers or anything like that, but it also ties into how another character came to be in the station. You know what I mean? Yep. At, at the yep. Yeah, good point. So yeah. that was cool for me because while it was singularly focused on hen and her development it also showed you other pieces of the story and i really feel like more than anything with that show they are so good at putting a puzzle together throughout a season yes that it is just addicting to watch now nick i will tell you one you missed one i did Mm -hmm. it's probably because i don't care no you do care i'm surprised you missed this one superstore oh Oh, is it coming back that might be why because it it wasn't in it wasn't in the list I looked at, so that's weird. When is that coming back? I think this week. What? Oh, I'm so excited. Yep, it returns the seventh. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, Superstore yes. is another one. I of am those, surprised. Like, I, well, the list I looked at just didn't have it because that definitely would have been one that we would have talked about for sure. Because that was and see that kind of has the same thing where they've been taking a long enough break where it's like uh, just come back already. Yeah. Yeah, Superstore is one of those that I never watched when it came out, but when it was like three seasons on Hulu, I was like, <laughs> my wife were like so excited for the show to come back because it's just a phenomenal show. It's so funny. Yeah, I like a show like this one that like it doesn't really have that many boundaries, you know, and in today's like woke era, it's just nice to just like just tell a joke, you know, don't be worried about PC. Don't be worried. Just tell a good joke. You know, and okay, yeah, maybe they learn something or whatever, but it's just, just tell a good joke, you know? Well, another thing that I liked about Superstore was my favorite character in the show for sure is Garrett. Um, but the first time I ever saw the actor Colton Dunn was on Rooster Teeth's uh, Laser Team movie. That was the first time I'd ever seen that actor ever. And I was like, oh, this guy's funny. And then I saw Superstore. I'm like, which one's he Garrett is, again? Uh, the wheelchair. Guy in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, I was like, man. he is phenomenal. Like he hits every single time. Like the whole, like no spoilers, the whole like dynamic they went with him and Dean at one point is just so funny to watch. So yeah. funny to watch. Like they, the Christmas special when they like, they, they work on that one present for the entire freaking show. And they're like, yeah. no, we're quitting now. Stop when you're good. We can't do any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the thing I'm impressed with is, for me, it feels like a uh, rebirthing of the office in the way because of what you were saying to where it's yeah. not as afraid to make a joke, right? And even if yeah. it's not the most PC joke in the world, they still play it to where it's funny. Um, but also, yeah. each of the characters seems like a really solid actor slash, slash actress in their role. Yeah. Like the one that stands out like, to I love me. The- is Sorry. Sandra. Every time Sandra opens her mouth and says something, <laughs> right, I just crack up. Like, I can't help it. And I feel yeah. like it's because of her facial expressions and because she nails her positions so well. 
Well, that's another thing about Superstore. And the reason why my wife and I both loved it when we first started watching it is kind of similar to The Office if you worked in an office. If you've ever, ever worked in customer service, whether at a restaurant, yes. at, a, at a store, this show is perfect for you. The first season in particular, every single episode, we were like, we've lived through that. We've experienced that. Yep. Like it, it was so relatable. And then they've done a, and I think that's kind of, their main goal, like when they started the show was to have situations like that, but they've been able to adapt their story, grow it and develop mm-hmm. these characters to an extent to where now you feel com- completely attached to most of them. And it, you just want to see what happens next. Yeah. I mean like the one episode or one of the episodes that I really liked, and this goes to my whole PC thing is that when they try to go PC and they're like, aren't you insulted that like in like the entire episode is them just going around and I think it's just so that, like, she can get a day off or something like that. But she's like, like, aren't you mad that you're the Asian and you're over here doing this? And then she goes to the other person. Aren't you, you know, so it, like it really tackles like the PC culture in such an interesting way. Oh, the costume that... one where they were all wearing. Yes, costumes? Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Sorry. I mean, I didn't set that up well enough. But yes, the the whole costume thing. Um, But. Yeah, it was it was very interesting because they were t- t- tackling it. And I mean, especially this Halloween, it seemed like there was a lot of people, you know, getting on a kid just because he dr- dressed as Hitler. It's like, oh, my God, guys, calm the hell down. Well, it's, oh, it's... now we have to dig into the parents and we have to dig into their background and see that they're racist. So that's why he's dressed as Hitler. It's like it's a cricking costume, people. Come on. It's also the way they handle PC. Like they actually make a yes. commentary, like both sides of it, and that's what's the best part about it. That is always, always the most important part. Okay, I do not particularly like uh, Last Man Standing, but when they came back after being canceled, they very well could have lent into their right wing um, scenarios and really made it. So that like that was the point and really like because like ABC, they were scared of the right wing. And so that's why it ended up getting eventually. I mean, that's not the reason, but it come on. It was the reason. Anyways, so in the very first episode that they come back, they actually have this really deep uh, discussion about how both sides are just as important and hearing that coming from Tim Allen, the most like red blooded red wing American that you can have. It was really nice, you know, because when you just have a show and all you're worried about is pushing your agenda and making sure everybody like SBU can be really bad sometimes. Like when they have a point and they want to drive it home, the entire episode, like sometimes when an episode starts and they're hinting at something, I'm like, ah, they're going to go down that road, aren't they? In in the the difference 100% is in the delivery of it. When like Livia and she gets super butthurt about something, like she is so liberal and it's just like every once in a while, I feel like, yes, they have some other members on the squad that question and they bring up that side of the argument, but when they make that side of the argument seem stupid or seem like it, like one that they did was they were inside the witness room for the entire episode. And so instead of, uh, who's the, who's the blonde girl? I want to say Amanda or something. Uh, which one? I mean, it's been years since I watched SVU. There's oh, you don't watch it now? Blo- I, I, not I, anything recent. No, I haven't. Seen okay. It. So my point is Livia, uh, Livia and her were disagreeing about in certain things. So instead of like Olivia, like 
accepting that they disagree on certain things and that's okay. She started going into that girl's past and pointing out her flaws in her argument. And so to me, that kind of seemed like she was like the show was putting down her side of the argument because it's like, Oh, well you only think that because you're troubled. And it's like, I don't like it when that happens. I really don't. And so having shows that can look at both sides of the argument, look at both sides and still like make you laugh about it. Like I super appreciate that, especially in today's society where everybody's woke or everybody's against being woke. I just enjoy the fact that you've said the word woke three times in the last segment. I know. And I'm white. I'm like totally not supposed to be able to. Woke. You can't get do that. Woke. Get, get, get woke. Word. Get woke. Get, 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 get. <laughs> so, all right. So that is everything possible. Well, almost everything possible coming out in March. Let us know. What are you guys psyched for for this month? What are you the most excited for? What do you want to watch? What do you want to play? Let us know at TX3 Productions on Twitter, ThreadX3 Productions on YouTube and Facebook. And just add at Gmail at the end of that. And you got ThreadX3 Productions at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think and what you're excited for. So that's actually going to be the show today we're gonna have comic book book club for next time so if you haven't had a chance to read invincible make sure to read it make sure to read it and we will talk about that next time go to our comic book book club on discord you can give us our thoughts and we'll say it on on air um so thank you so much for joining me nate always always and link why don't you plug some things well, as usual, it has been amazing gracing you with my presence. Oh, well, of course. Um, the, the one thing that I do want to plug that has been absolutely amazing in this community is our Discord server. Blowing the because, F up! Because it gives so many different um, outlets to talk about, whether it be your thoughts on why Lifeline is stupid and needs to be nerfed in Apex, or what movie is coming out, what you're excited about, or even what songs we're listening to. Like there is so yeah. many things that you can do. So I would highly encourage you, if you're not already, follow our Twitter at ThreadX3 Productions. Um and on the bio we do have a link to the Discord channel. Um go ahead, click that, get in there. Um we have giveaways weekly at this point. Um, and the last one was for $50. So they're pretty decent giveaways and all you got to do is answer simple questions. And so it's definitely worth your time. Uh, yeah. And if you're not already in there, I'd recommend checking it out. And one thing I will say on top of that is if you've, if you've been listening for a long time, if you've been a part of the discord for, um, a long time as well, you'll, you'll know what I'm going to say, but, uh, the, over the past couple of weeks, the discord channel has become one of the more dynamic servers that i've been a part of when it comes to discord like link was saying we've got a lot of different facets we've got a part where you can do music recommendations and the discord has really really grown in the past couple weeks to a very enjoyable experience to just be a part of so if you've been a part of discord before you know what's going on if you haven't yet now is the best time to hop in and just join the conversation whatever it is And and a good point also to point out is that if you have been a part of the Discord, which there we've had, you know, we had a few of you listeners in there, but it's been very dead. 
So if maybe you haven't checked out the Discord in a little while and you just kind of been in the background, I really do highly um, say that it might be time to go ahead and, and start looking in on it. Because I want to say, and this I, I don't know for sure, but I want to say we had about 16 people in there, you know, and with four of those being, you know, team members. It wasn't a lot, but there is definitely some people who have been here from the very beginning of, you know, Nerd to the Third. And we just were not that active. Thanks to Link and him helping us out, we have blown up. So if you've been there, but you just haven't been paying attention, now is the time to pay attention. And I mean, I know we're just kind of hammering that home right now, but it is true. I mean, I'm very surprised. And it also kind of brings that like kind of dad moment where something happens. You're just like, oh, I'm so proud. You're a good boy. <laughs> could, you, could you just for once, like when I get done talking, just like a little quicker, just be a little quicker on the draw? Well, see, the problem was, was I was going to, I was trying to figure out what to say. So it was mixed between thanks, dad, or I was trying to figure thanks, out something coy to say. I, I was also thinking thanks, about a dad, dad. Joke. All right. So thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. If you haven't already, you can check us out uh, or check out our Apex Legends hubcast and that's where we talk about apex legends well obviously uh, we're also going to have a movie focused one and that one we talk about box office we talk about you know reviews for movies and everything we go a little bit more in depth on the movie side so if you want to check that out go to movie fix and that's available on most of your platforms that you listen to this on and it's hosted by the one the only my friends call me coach so my friends call me coach so uh i love coach he's he's doing a really good job with that and you know um it was a little rocky at first but he's he's a good host you know he has that southern bell you know accent i i love it i love hearing him talk i just love listening to him because he has it's not like super thick where it's like you know like boomhauer or something like that but it's just this nice like soothing you know, there's a difference between like I sound like a redneck who doesn't know anything and coach where it's just like it's there and it's pronounced. But like I just it's so soothing. I could just like listen to him, like read me a bedtime star and just be like, and then goodbye, moon. Good night, grass. And <laughs> all right. That's enough. Anyways. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me.